Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Here's Canucks into the offensive zone off the draw. Dishing off Daniel Sedin, a steal by Connor McDavid. 99 points, looking to make it 100. Over the line, dishes off. Back for score! There it is! That's 100 points for Connor McDavid! Dry settle, shot squeaks through. Oilers 5, Canucks 1, and Connor McDavid becomes the first Oiler in 21 years to hit the 100 point barrier. Of the year in 76th point, scored by number 29, Leon Dreisaitl. Shot by McDavid, and a stop by Bachman. 100 point, number 97, Connor McDavid. Disagree with those chants. Connor McDavid hits 100 points. The Edmonton Oilers will have home ice in the first round of the playoffs. They have set a team record by winning nine straight home games. Jordan Eberle gets a hat trick. Edmonton, San Jose, round one. It starts Wednesday right here at Rogers Place on 630 Ched. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. For the first time since 2006, the end of the regular season does not signal the end of the season for the Edmonton Oilers. On they go, 47-26-9, a 33-point improvement over last year. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Overtime open line, courtesy of the Canadian Brewhouse from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Right away, everybody, go to 630ched.com slash Oilers and print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. We turn on the Japanese Village goal light whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game. Japanese Village, three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. Well, Rob, the Oilers, uh, man, that was quite an atmosphere tonight, an energetic building, an energetic game, and McDavid making some history. It was. We, we've seen so many end-of-the-season games that there was not a whole lot on the line in the last little while with a, with a dead crowd. There's no emotion, no atmosphere. And tonight it was a nothing game for at the end, but the emotion in this arena and the excitement in this arena. And then you knew that at some point Connor McDavid would get the 100th point. He wanted it tonight. You could tell in his, in his, uh, his drive. He had a number of great opportunities. He had the, the one break where, where he put the puck between his legs, tried scoring that way. And when he got his 100th point, this place went nuts. So it, I think this is just a, 
uh, a taster. We're going to go downstairs. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. I guess just start maybe with uh, Connor. Wins the Art Ross. Gets 100 points. And you tell his teammates were almost as happy as he was. Maybe happier. Um, felt like the night was... Um, you know, the night was about the win and getting the team prepared, but also taking care of the captain who's taking care of us. And and there was actually a few frustrated players because they felt they had an opportunity to maybe finish when the, the puck was on his tape, or on their tape, pardon me. But the uh, the excitement when he uh, when he got that 100th point on the bench uh, to a man, players, coaches, uh, the training staff, anybody around the bench was immense, and uh, we're proud of them. We're happy to have them. Todd, before you start preparing the playoffs, do you get do you take a moment to kind of look at this regular season and kind of take a step back and see that all you guys have accomplished? Well, I think you have to. It's a long, long year. It's a, it's a marathon. You go through highs and lows, and um, you look back at some of the goals you set out as uh, as a hockey club, um, team goals, not necessarily individual goals, and you review them and you. You take a look at where you've improved, um, areas where you still have to continue to work, and that's long-term evaluation. Um, you know, looking ahead and uh, to year, in, looking ahead uh, for years to come, you have to continue to build your team. Uh, but really, uh, that's almost done already. We're, we're beginning to focus now, or we have been focusing in the last week on uh, on the playoffs, the way we've divvied up our responsibilities. Uh, we've had some of our staff working on pre-scouts for for quite a while now. And we feel like we're in a good spot and ready to play. Todd, uh, Connor just winning the Art Ross, he said he wasn't quite sure what it means to him yet. It hasn't quite sunk in. But what does it mean to you, just knowing the players that have won that trophy before? Well, it's, you know, I bet you the words that come out of Connor's mouth is it's a team trophy. I couldn't have done it without my teammates. Um, you know, I appreciate the opportunity. I haven't heard the interviews, but I just know how he carries himself. And um, that trophy is a team trophy. He's got a lot of help from a lot of his teammates, and he'll be the first to drag everybody into it. So I think it's a pretty good uh, uh, rallying um, piece of hardware for our group. It wasn't one individual that just went out and did it. Of course, he, he played a big part in it, but everybody helped him. And um, just knowing him, that's how he's going to answer the question, and it's a good thing for us. Todd, heading into this series, I mean, you'll have the disadvantage experience-wise, but the way that your team has played the last, I mean, all season, but really the last couple of months, um, are you less concerned about experience given the level your team has hit and the way a lot of your players have been? Well, it, it, the approach that we're going to take is we're going to play game 83. Um, it just happens that from 83 to 90, we're going to play the same team. Uh, but we're, gonna, we're not going to change a lot as a team. Uh, we're going to continue to try and improve, improve from night to night. You have to do that in the playoffs. Preparation will be a little more extensive than what it normally is because the games come so fast during the regular season. Post-game evaluation and adjustments as you move forward is a little bit different because you're, you're continuing on to play against that team. But um, we don't really want to take our guys out of the um, rhythm that they're in. Uh, they've done a good job down the stretch, and we just want to continue on doing that. Todd, at the trade deadline, you Pacific, Lucic, Nugent Hopkins, and Eberle, and if they got going, that would be like a massive trade line acquisition for you. Well, down the stretch, that line's been really good. Lucic, Hattrick on the road, Eberle, Hattrick tonight. What specific about that trio have you seen as the difference to why they're having so much success? Well, I, I think they're all playing to their strengths, 
at one given time, if that makes any sense, if that language is any good. Everybody is, Luch is playing physical hard and um, demanding ice. Uh, Nuge is detailed and, and taking care of the line. Ebbs is getting his hands back and, and feeling that offensive groove. So the three of them are, are coming together and peaking um, at the right time. Um, task gets tougher, uh, but they're older players now in the league. They'll be able to handle it, and Luch has a lot of experience on that that line. Good. Okay. Good night. That is live comments from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan, courtesy of GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. The Oilers beat the Vancouver Canucks 5-2. McDavid 100 points exactly. He is the scoring champ. He'll get the Art Ross Trophy. First Oiler to do that since Wayne Gretzky in 1986-87. Never before in history have the Oilers won nine consecutive home games. That's how they finish up the regular season. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. It, it, I mean, this is it, it's not insane, but it's kind of unusual. I mean, a guy gets a hat trick. And it's like the fifth thing we're talking about tonight. But I mean, Jordan Everly gets a hat trick. He hits 20 goals. Five Oilers with 20 goals. Oh, when was the last time that happened? Oh, five, oh, six. Well, there's a lot of parallels, and hopefully, the uh, some of those parallels continue into the playoffs. We, we've talked about it all season long that the Oilers needed to get secondary scoring to be successful. We also pointed out the fact that over the last 15 to 20 games, that the second line of Lucic, Nugent Hopkins, and Everly were playing better. And at times the, the puck wasn't going in for them, but they were still getting the opportunities. And as of late, the puck is now going in for them. And the Oilers are a better team because of that. And you get into the playoffs and you play against one team over and over again. And, and San Jose is now looking, okay, we got to stop McDavid and we got to put their best defenseman on him, obviously. And we're going to put our best players to play against him, make sure he doesn't score. Well, now they got another line that's playing and contributing and contributing at key times. So the Oilers have got the two lines going, and now they just got to find it all the way down the, the down the the lineup. You know, the third line, their fourth line. But as much as an or sorry, is as important as a third line and a fourth line are, games are won and lost with your first and second line. And right now, the Oilers' first and second line are playing very, very well. 5-2 the final. You can reach us, 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. More post-game reaction to come from both dressing rooms. We'll start off the phone calls tonight with Robert. Robert, thank you so much for giving us a call. Hi, Reed. Hi, Rob. Hello. How are you doing tonight? We're doing great. Well, well I mean, you know what? Uh, playoff hockey is back, and uh, I'll make David 100 points. I don't think... Uh, I don't think anybody was surprised to see to see him get it tonight. But I mean, the uh, the uh, the atmosphere in the building tonight it was it was it was it was absolutely absolutely electric. Well, it, w it was great, and I, and I mean, I think that I mean it's been a pretty good year. Obviously, you win forty seven games, and I, I let let's face it, Robert, th this fan base had been beaten down, the, the, and. and Rob and I, I'm not going to speak for every fan, but I, I do think there were, were a lot of fans who just felt hopeless, who just felt that anything good that happened wouldn't last or somehow everything was going to go wrong. And it, it, I described that clinching game against L.A., obviously there was joy. I mean, even even if you're a perennially good team, you got to clinch. You got to get in. Even if you're even if you're the New England Patriots and it's assumed you got to get in, you got to clinch. So there's always there's always happiness there. 
But it, it, that night, I felt like everybody took a deep breath. And you could just get back to just more the true sensation of being a fan and watching the games. And, wa and I've had so many people tell me now that they watch other games to see how the Oilers might match up or to see who the Oilers might have to play or, or how other players are doing, other top players are doing in comparison to, to McDavid. So it, it, was a, it was a rock and roll atmosphere tonight for sure, especially early in the third when they come out and Everly gets the hat trick and McDavid gets 100. It, it was, and I don't think it's going to be even close to what we see on Wednesday night when the playoffs open. It, it, it's... You and I were around when the Oilers had their last big run. I was around, you, I'm not sure you're younger than me, but I was around when the Oilers were really good yes. in, in the 80s. I know what it's like for playoff hockey. I've played in those type of games, and it is a completely different beast. There is a generation of fans. There's a 10-year gap of fans here in Edmonton that have not experienced what they're going to experience coming up right away. You know, the last time the Oilers had their run, they played every second night for two months. I mean, every bar, every restaurant, everywhere you went, that's all you saw. You were immersed in Edmonton Oilers. Now, the Oilers, first, they have to get through the first round before they start getting into this every second night for two months. But it's here. And the excitement is, oh, it's kind of funny right now. We've got streamers coming out from the, the roof going down. <laughs> so they're happened? a little late. They're a little late. The, I think they're still from the Garth Brooks concert. It might be, too. Garth was like, I left some streamers there. Can you let them down? Oh, some of Chris Sheets will come pick them up. Oh, maybe someone just turned the air conditioner on. <laughs> hasn't been on for a while, and that just came out. But there's now a, a generation of fans that are going to start witnessing what we've all seen and what we've all been part of. And now they're going to know why. Everyone is so pumped that the Oilers had that clinching game. And how now they know that they are going to the playoffs because it is fun. And the entire city becomes involved. People that aren't, that, that don't open up a sports page, that don't turn on a, a sports show or don't listen to sports radio, become fans when the playoffs start. And the playoffs start here on Wednesday. And hopefully this is a two-month run where all we're talking about is Oilers hockey. You know, I went back and looked because the Oilers have finished the season eighth overall. They were 29th last year, That's as I'm sure most people remember. They pretty finished, good jump. They finished eighth overall. I'll just quickly rattle these off. The last 10 Stanley Cup champions in terms of the overall standings have finished 4th, 7th, 10th, 1st, 13th, 7th, 3rd, 8th, 1st, and 4th. So generally you're in the top eight. I mean, there's a 10th in there and there's a 13th in there. But that's like we always said, get in the tournament. Mm -hmm. I did not think the Oilers were going to finish this high. If they did make the playoffs, I thought they would have been a wild card team, maybe squeaking in with a win tonight. Mm -hmm. they, they have a shot. And some of the teams that are most dangerous, I think, that, that I would look at and say, well, that team's better than Edmonton, they won't have to play until the third or fourth round. Yep. Now, and I'm not guaranteeing anything. I'm not try trying to be cocky because I don't believe there's an easy matchup in no. the playoffs. But you kind of said it to Bob. If, if I think if you're an Oilers fan, or, or hopefully more importantly, if you're an Oilers player, and we've heard other teams say that in the past, why not us? Yep. Why not? Well, I mean, the way the Oilers finish, is, it, it shows that they've, they're capable of playing any team, anywhere, and winning. Now, that is not playoff hockey, and it's going to be a, a totally different animal starting Wednesday. But the, the, te the teams in the, the Pacific Division right now, you got the Anaheim Ducks, very good hockey club, but they're going into the playoffs right now with their best defenseman hurt. And then Patrick Eves, I don't know how bad he is, but he left the game tonight with an injury. So there's their top goal scorer and their top defenseman hurt. San Jose Shark, two of their best three players 
are right now injured. They may come for game one, but they are not going to be fully healthy. You don't come back from what they've come, the injuries they had, the knee and the face injury, and be fully healthy. The Calgary Flames down the road, very good hockey club, probably less experienced than the Edmonton Oilers do have playoff time, and they finish below the Oilers in the standings. So that's the division they have. Now, the Oilers are, are capable of winning this division. They're also capable of losing in the first round. But I think every team that's going into this playoffs is thinking the same thing. There is not, in the old days, when I used to play, the playoffs were 116 or 1-8, 1-8. So, I mean, there was a big discrepancy but in the first round between the top seeds and the lower seeds. Now, the way it is now, it's not as big. And these teams are so closely bunched together. It's who gets hot at the right time. And right now, the Edmonton Oilers are as hot as any team in the National Hockey League. They go into the playoffs having won 12 of their last 14. If you're on hold, stay there. We are coming to you. You will also hear from Connor McDavid. We do have to do a quick news and weather update. The Oilers beat the Canucks 5-2. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Everly starts with a rush down the right wing, a shot off the pads of Bachman, the rebound Lucic, Fed Nugent Hopkins, back door, and a hat trick for Jordan Everly, the second of his NHL career, and Edmonton's pouring it on here at Rogers, it's 4-1. 5-2 would be the final Oilers over Canucks. Everly's second career hat trick. McDavid gets two points. He gets to 100 on the season. Edmonton and San Jose, the playoff matchup starting Wednesday here at Rogers Place. Rob Brown has been giggling at me for the last 20 minutes, constantly refreshing Twitter for a playoff schedule. I have not seen a full one. All we have seen is Wednesday at 8 here at Rogers Place. Apparently... Friday at 8.30. I'm shocked by that. We'll see if that's what it actually comes to be. And then Sunday in San Jose for Game 3, which is, you know, the expected uh, play off, play off. I still can't believe they would start at 8.30. I really don't. I'm going to say no until I hear better. Well, we'll see. That that does strike me as odd, because even if it's a doubleheader, you, you it's, usually can still start it at 8. But uh, I don't know. Maybe they got to show an Anne of Green Gables episode before the hockey game. No, that's on <laughs> Saturday. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We're going back to the phone lines in a second, but first for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for forty-five years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Here's the most dangerous scorer in the league, Connor McDavid. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, you know, we have a great, great group of guys in here. Uh, it's been a, a real treat to be able to play with this group, and you know, you see how the fans have kind of rallied around us and. Um, it makes coming to the rink and, and playing out there a lot of fun. What does an Art Ross trophy mean to you? Uh, it hasn't really sunk in yet, honestly. Um, I don't really know what to say. It, uh, it means so much to me. Um, you know, but like I keep saying, I, I would not be in this position if it weren't for the guys on the team, uh, you know, guys like Leon and Patty, those guys that I played with all year long. Um, you know, even up and down the lineup, though, it's, uh, it's such an honor to be able to play with this group. Connor, uh, Leon talked about how he's like, he was determined to like, look at you as much as he could to get you to pop. Did you notice that right away and that kind of awkward, in a sense, in a fun way that guys are looking at you that much? Yeah, but, uh, you know, it was fun. You know, we tried to have as much fun with it as we could. Um, you know, kind of a stressful time down the stretch. Uh, you know, him battling to be in the top ten and, and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, myself battling with Art Ross. But you know, we, 
you know, try to have as much fun with it as we can. And, uh, you know, we both were successful, and, uh, you know, that's, that's always good. Leon got a nice bonus as well for being in the top ten. That's exactly what we was talking about. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> that's a lot of money, and, uh, you know, I'm sure he'll enjoy that. So, Did um, you for dinner, I hope? Uh, no, we... Did it together, honestly. I wouldn't be in the position I am without him, and and vice versa. So, um, you know, and, and you can't forget about Patty. He does so much for us both. So, um, you know, it's it's been fun playing with those guys. On the point, you take the puck into the over center, and it's a three on two, and the whole crowd kind of gets off their chair a little, and they could see something coming. Could you see the point coming at that time? Uh, I just tried to to get it into Leon's hands. Um, you know, he was going to make a good play with it. Um, you know, just try to put it there. Uh, Drake did a good job of taking the stick, and you know, it was uh, you know, not the, the nicest play I'll make this year, and, and had made this year, but I'll definitely take it. Connor, people will look at this series coming up against San Jose and point to the experience difference, but I mean the way you guys have finished and the confidence you seem to be playing with, do you think that does enough to mitigate that difference? Yeah, we have a lot of confidence. Um, you know, uh, we obviously understand the, the experience knock that, that's going to be against us, but you know, we do have guys that, that have been there, have played there, guys who have won, uh, guys who have played in the finals. So, and we do have that experience, and, and we can rely on those guys. And um, you know, at the end of the day, it's still hockey. Um, you know, I think everyone talks about playoff hockey and all that, but it's still the game that we've all been playing since we were young. So um, you know, I think uh, that part of it doesn't change. It's a team that you've beaten a few times recently. I mean, does that mean something? You've beaten them a couple times recently right before seeing them in the playoffs? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it's a different different animal. Um, you know, they, they also had some injuries. Uh, you know, they're missing a couple of key guys, and you know, they make a, the world of a difference. So um, you know, I think... Uh, we can feel good about beating them a few times, I guess, but uh, you know it doesn't change anything. Just open up here at home. You guys have won nine in a row. What do you expect? You know, Wednesday night. Uh, I hope the crowd's ready to go. I hope they're they're rocking. Um, you know, we're excited. Uh, it's going to be a, a fun night, and um, you know, thanks. Congratulations. Reed, that's uh, Connor McDavid. Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers dressing room as he has all year and will continue to do in the postseason. From one Connor to another, 780-496-0063. We have Connor on the phone lines. Hi, Connor. Go ahead. Hi. So uh, uh, today the, I went to the Oilers game and it was it was pretty fun. I got to see Connor McDavid get the 100-point mark. That was awesome. And... Uh, the forwards put on a good show today with Eberle with the hat trick and Milan Lucic with the good fort check and Graba with the big fight and hit. And it was really fun because a month ago I got to skate with Connor and it was, it was just awesome that he already has 100 points and I got to skate with one of the best players in the world. Well, absolutely. Where did you get to skate with him? At the CIBC Skate with McDavid contest. And what was he like to meet and talk to? He was just so awesome because he was—he was just so fast and just skating with one of the best players is best feeling in a lifetime. Right on. Well, we appreciate you calling. Thank you so much. You can get us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The Oilers win five two over the Canucks. We'll do a full scoreboard later, Rob. I think the one game everybody cared about on the Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard was uh, Anaheim and L.A. Close game. L.A. had a lead. The Ducks tied it, and then they win in overtime. But even when uh, we knew it was tied after regulation, that was enough for Anaheim to clinch first. Oh, we watched it. We had it on up here, too. We were going back and forth, watching what's on the ice, and then turning and looking at the TV. And it was a good game. It was very close. The shots were very close in the game. 
and there was, uh, what, four or five minutes to go in the game when L.A. had the lead, and then Nate Thompson tied it up. Uh, and he had, I think it was his first goal of the season. So it, it was a, a game that at one point you're thinking, oh, my God, the Oilers might come up, come and win this the division. But I think that I believe that the Oilers matchup with San Jose is a better matchup in the first round simply because L or the San Jose Sharks are not healthy. So I think you got to take full advantage of that. And who knows? You didn't get the Battle of Alberta in the first round. You could possibly get the Battle of Alberta in the second round. So uh, it, it's exciting. And it's funny, you and I are sitting up here, and in the course of the 20 or 30 minutes since the game ended, two Zambonis came out on the ice, and they just kept going over these two spots inside the blue line. And now there's two huge, huge logos staying Stanley Cup playoffs. And I've been up here now for 11 years, and I have not seen that until today. So it was kind of cool. And we have the schedule. It'll start Wednesday at 8 here at Rogers Place. Friday at 8.30 is game two, and we will have every game on 6.30, Chad, with extended face-off shows as well. Sunday is going to be 8 p.m. from San Jose. Tuesday the 18th, another 8 p.m. start, game four in San Jose. Then it'll be the 20th, 22nd, and 24th. So it is every second day, Rob, right? They're yep. not missing any. There's no nope. two-day breaks. That's it. Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday. Mm -hmm. uh, and the the start times for the last three games is to be determined, and I think that'll depend on what's happening in other series, if they can move up a start time or, or whatever. So, yes, the first two here in Edmonton, 8 o'clock Wednesday and, indeed, 8.30 on Friday. That's a late one. You're going to have to nap. We're going to have a pregame nap. And the one neat – oh, that's your phone. The one neat thing about the – if you're a, a hockey fan from Alberta, the Calgary series and the Edmonton series every night. So they're going back and forth all throughout the, the first round. So you can watch Edmonton one night, watch Calgary the next night, and keep track of who the Oilers – will play in the second round if they get past the first round. So exciting times starting Wednesday night. All right, 780-496-0063. We'll bring Fred onto the show. Fred, thank you very much for calling. Hey, how's it going, boys? Doing well. Rock and roll. It's about time, 11 long years, and what a great birthday eve for me tonight. And i got to tell you guys a little bit of a story here, a quick story. Back in 1990, a friend and another friend who's not with me anymore, uh, we built the Stanley Cup before the playoffs. What happened in 1990? They won the Stanley Cup. The thing's been weathered and beaten up over the last 27 years. We refurbished it this week, and Reed, I told you I'm going to come on your show and we go to the Stanley Cup final. Well, I hope you come on several times between now and then, for sure. I will, but uh, I, I fully expect them to make the Stanley Cup final. I'm not being uh, overly optimistic. They're that good of a team. And as far as experience goes, well, you got Lucic with the ring and you got Maroon with the ring. There's two guys right there who are going to play big keys in the playoffs, and it's about time the city gets Stanley Cup hockey. And uh, I'm pretty, I'm stoked right now. I might take that cup down Jasper out in like five minutes from walking. I want to get the city all riled up tonight. Who am I, who am I missing that Patrick Maroon won the Stanley Cup with? Uh, oh, he didn't win with Anaheim? Maybe I'm too excited. Oh, God, no. He was playing for the St. Louis Bandits oh, in the North American Hockey League okay. in 2007. Well, there you go. You're <laughs> on the ball tonight. I'm not. But uh, one guy with the cup at least then, Lucic, right? Absolutely. And he's going to be a down the stretch. beast in the playoffs. Like When he's in front of that net, he 
basically swats guys away, and there's nothing they can do about it. So I expect a lot from Lucic, Maroon, Cassian. The whole the whole team looks fantastic right now, and you do not ever bet against Con McDavid. You boys have a great night. I got to go have a few birthday drinks. Take care. All right, happy birthday, Fred. Thank you so much for calling seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The Oilers sweep the three stars tonight. Three goals for Eberle. He's the first star. McDavid, the second star. Dreisaitl, the third star. Our fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. I uh, think there are a lot of nominees for this one. I'm just going to give it to everybody who watched the game. Wow. That is a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah, it's easy enough. Everybody's happy tonight. They're finally in the playoffs. Everybody who cheers for the Oilers is the fourth star, Rob. Well, you can pick an individual player if you want. I guess, I'm going to hand it to everybody. Yeah, I guess I'm not going to take it away from everybody now. I guess we'll go with your pick. We won't go with one of the Oilers that were on the ice. We'll go with Sammy that's sitting in his basement right now listening to us because he just enjoyed three beers after watching the Oilers clinch second place in the Pacific Division. 103 points for the Oilers. First time over uh, 100 since uh, 86, no, 87. You no, know what's funny is you and I at the beginning of the year, we talked about the fact that we thought the Oilers were going to be vastly improved. We thought that they would play meaningful games in March and April. We both thought that they would probably be on the outside looking in when it came to playoffs. Not in my wildest dreams would I have imagined that the Oilers would have 103 points this season. I mean, that is an unbelievable jump. And I don't believe it's an aberration. I know a couple of years ago, Colorado had that big jump, and everybody talked about the fact that, yeah, they had this jump. They're not as good as their record is. They lived off the fact that their goaltender played out of this world. I believe the Oilers' record is where it deserves to be. I believe this team is uh, a top 10 National Hockey League team now based on the fact that they've got the best player in the world in Connor McDavid, and they got a goaltender that has been sound and consistent every single game, and they've learned to play the right way through the, the coaching staff putting in systems and the players buying in. So uh, I, I am just, when you said 103 points, to me it's just absolutely shocking that this team that we've watched for the last decade, that we saw come in 29th last year in the National Hockey League, are going into the playoffs with 103 points in the bank. All right, 780-496-0063. We'll bring Craig onto the show. Craig, you're going to finish the play in a minute, so you already have an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set We Park. Visit jetsetparking.com. But before we play, what's on your mind? Oh, I just... Everly. Clutch, clutch, clutch. Three points tonight. That's what we need, man. And uh, go, boys go right on well i'm sure a lot of people feel the way you feel tonight here's what we're going to do if you're right on finish the play you'll be entered into the grand prize draw for one thousand dollars to integra tire auto center visit integra tire to experience service you can trust integra tire experience integrity here's canucks into the offensive zone off the draw Dishing off, Daniel Sedin, a steal by Connor McDavid. 99 points looking to make it 100 over the line dishes off back to score all right, who got the goal that McDavid Kajula. assisted on? Sorry? Kajula. This was a third-period goal that McDavid got his 100 point on. Oh, then maybe McDavid. <laughs> McDavid got the assist. Was the, I'll give you choices. Was the goal scorer Dreisaitl or Nurse? Oh, it's Dreisaitl. Here's Canucks into the offensive zone off the draw. 
Dishing off, Daniel Sedin, a steal by Connor McDavid. 99 points, looking to make it 100. Over the line, dishes off, back to score! There it is, that's 100 points for Connor McDavid! Dry settle, shot squeaks through! There it is. Darnell Nurse didn't play tonight. Got the night off. And Craig wins, finished the play. And I, 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 that was a surprising 100th point there because that was a, a an odd odd goal by Leon Dreisel. And I can see how the caller thought it was Kajula because that's what it looked like from up here at first. But I think Bachman misread the puck coming off Dreisaitl's stick. That was not a good goal, but it was a goal that got Connor McDavid his 100th point of the season, so they're going to take it. Let's quickly go down into the Canucks dressing room. Their season ends with eight consecutive losses for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Here's Henrik Sedin. Tonight was no difference. We came with a lot of speed, and, and uh, we were on our, on our heels the whole game. So it's a tough way to play. Tough team to prepare for, knowing that they are going to come at you in waves. They certainly did that in the first two periods. Yeah, lots of speed. They move the puck well. Uh, so if you're not ready, they're, they're going to come at you in waves. But the only way to counteract is to get pucks deep, and, and uh, we didn't do a good enough job of that tonight. This will be the first time in more than a decade that neither you or your brother lead the team in scoring, how big a feather in the cap is that for Bo Horvat just into his third year? Yeah, no, he's been good for sure. Uh, but I can't, um, I've told, said that this before, we haven't been good enough this, this year, me and Hang, so uh, uh, good for Bo. He, he deserves that and he's been really good, but uh, uh, for the two of us, we got to come back and be better. From your experience, and you don't have a vested interest in this, I'm curious. What's Connor McDavid going to go up against in the playoffs? Is he going to get a cheap hit 20 times with hoping that the referee only calls five of them? Or? Yeah, I don't know who they play. Yeah, but It is San Jose. Okay, yeah. No, it's obviously a little bit tougher in the playoffs, but from what I've what seen from him, he's going to he's going to handle that more than more than fine. So, uh, like I said, it's a good team over there. They they play well, move the puck well. Uh, so, hopefully they have a lot of success because it's, it's a fun team to watch. And how important is it for his teammates not to get angry at that sort of thing? or lose their mind or whatever. Well, I think you got to stand up for each other, but uh, at the same time in the playoffs, uh, you can't really take any, any stupid penalties. So, uh, But we're going to let them handle that. I think we're, we got a long summer to, to uh, dwell on, on our season. All right. Well, there's... <laughs> I don't know if people caught that. I, I caught it. We thought it was Henrik Sedin. Pretty sure it was Daniel Sedin since he said me and Hank. Now, i got to sympathize with... Scott Johnson work in the visitor's room because they do look exactly alike. I just call him Sedin. That was one of the Sedins. Yeah, I just call him one of the Sedins. I don't know the difference. It's 10.50. The Oilers are second in the Pacific Division. They play San Jose game one on Wednesday. We got a full board of calls. Everybody's getting in. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Off the draw, McDavid driving to the net. Beautiful feed, and it's one timed home once again. It's McDavid creating an, an absolute gorgeous finish. Edmonton is up 3-1, to one, and McDavid couldn't have set it up any better than that. 
That was McDavid's 99th point of the season. He would get another assist to hit 100. That was a goal by Drake Kajula in the second period. Oilers beat the Canucks 5-2. That means a $125 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They donate $25 for every Oilers goal throughout the season. Follow the total on 630Ched.com slash Oilers. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for joining us. 630Ched, the voice of Oilers playoff action this spring. We'll go to Six Beers Terry on the open line. Terry, how's it going? Rob Reed, I just about nailed Six Beers while I was sitting here and hold again. <laughs> That's all right. That's why we guys. leave you. <laughs> I called you guys from Phoenix, and I was going to call again uh, when, you had, when the tr- uh, trade deadline came on, and I still can't get, get uh, can't get my uh, head around this one, Brandon Davidson for David DeHarnay. I was so spitting mad, I thought, no, I can't call him because it would be four-letter words every time I every time I open my mouth. You know, we already had Chicken Betty number sixty-seven playing for us. But I thought, my goodness gracious, they're going to lighten up the front lines even more. But it brings back something to uh, some memories to me. Uh, 1984, when the Oilers won their first cup, um, the the big commotion was on uh, Jasper Avenue. All the people going up and down, honking their horns, and uh, this is starting to resemble that a little bit. In 06, when we had uh, <clears throat> our last run. I can remember taking Pisani, Horikov, Samsonov, and a few other guys in my draft and winning the draft on an eighth-place team. And uh, at the place was like Bedlam. It was like 1972 Canada-Russia hockey. It was just crazy. And uh, all I have to say to people is, for God's sakes, we're not Vancouverites. Don't tear the place apart if we win. Well, I agree with you there. I mean, have fun, enjoy it, but remember you're cheering for the Edmonton Oilers, so respect the people and property of Edmonton for sure. But it is going to be fun. Six beers, Terry. Thanks for calling. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Back to the phone lines in a second here, but let's bring in number 93 for the Edmonton Oilers, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it was definitely a, a good test for us out there, and um, I thought we definitely played well and uh, came out with the Obviously a, a big win, so I mean uh, the way that we kind of followed up with these uh, two games is, uh, is good for the confidence and uh, good for some momentum uh, going into uh, into Wednesday, I guess. You'll have the momentum, they'll have the experience in the playoffs. What does that count for? Yeah, I mean they, they obviously have experience. I mean uh, they, they haven't changed a lot of players uh, since last year making the run, but um, at the same time we have some guys in here, some big parts uh, who have been there and uh, obviously we have uh, um, a bit of a young team still, but uh, we have a lot of energy. Um, we, I think we play a harder style of game now, and um, I think we can compete with any team in this league right now. So uh, we, have, we have the confidence to be able to go out and uh, do it, so it's exciting right now. It looks like your line is emerging at exactly the right time. How different does that make the Oilers to play against? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think... When the three of us kind of started playing together, uh, we were getting a lot of chances. Uh, they weren't always going in, but we just kind of talked. We just needed to stick with it and uh, stay positive and uh, keep doing the doing the right things. And and now the last ten games or so, it's uh, it's started to pay off. So I mean, it's uh, definitely uh, the right time to be uh, doing it. How much of that is Lucic's experience at this time of year? Yeah, I mean, when I said I mean we have experienced guys, he's definitely uh, obviously he's uh, one of those guys, and uh, he knows what it takes to uh, to win at this time of the year. So uh, we'll definitely be leaning on him a lot. 
Just nine wins in a row at home here. Uh, what do you expect Wednesday night here at, in this building, and how big is it for you guys to start at home? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's going to be awesome. Um, I mean, the atmosphere. Uh, just past a uh, few home games have been pretty crazy, so um, definitely exciting. Uh, my first experience uh, in Edmonton in the playoffs, so I'm uh, definitely excited to, to get it going. Read that's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Nugent Hopkins with an assist plus one tonight as the Oilers beat Vancouver 5-2. 780-496-0063 will welcome Rob onto overtime open line. Hi, Rob. Hi, do we, have, do we have Rob? Hello? Hi, Rob, go ahead. Hi, Rob. Uh, I wanted to ask uh, Rob a question. Yep, go ahead. Hey, Rob. Um, if you're Rob Brown from, uh, like, you played for uh, Pittsburgh, right? Yep. Well, I would like to know what you feel of Mario Lemieux to Connor McDavid. And I want to ask you another question. I don't care if um, those boys are hurt in San Jose. I really don't care. I think uh, the Oilers are better than them. Well, to your second one, I I think it's going to be a good series. I think the San Jose Sharks are a good hockey club with or without Couture and Thornton in the lineup or with or without them being healthy or not. Uh, I, the Oilers would probably be favored. They ended up ahead of them in the playoffs, or excuse me, in the regular season. They were much better down the stretch than the San Jose Sharks. Having said that, San Jose is, is battle-hardened. It's the team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals last year with largely the same same players. So it, I believe the Oilers can have success against San Jose, but I don't think it'll be easy. As for the difference between Connor McDavid and Mario, uh, I mean, Connor can... Mario did everything because of his size. He had great vision. He was probably the best uh, breakaway player that the, the league has ever seen. He made everyone else around him better, and he had size. So he was able to use his size to make him... Uh, a better player. He could carry guys down the ice. Connor McDavid does everything and he just does it fast. And I, both generational players, both uh, superstars, I think it's way too early right now to compare Connor to, to Gretzky, to, to Mario, to those players because he's only got a hundred and some games under his belt. He is on his way to being one of the best that ever played. I think what he does here on out will dictate where he's going to be in that eventual um, conversation, where he's going to fall in the best players that ever played the game. But it's way too early right now to decide on that. All right, the Oilers win 5-2 over Vancouver. We'll continue with your phone calls and interviews from the locker rooms. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And the Canucks gain possession in their own end. Chipped up and a huge hit by Eric Ryba, but down the left-hand side, Sutter wrist shot and a blocker save made. 
That's Laurent Brassois' save of the game. He fills in for Cam Talbot tonight. Your save of the game for Armor Insurance. Complete a free quote for a $10 Tim card at armorinsurance.ca. Brassois not busy tonight. 15 saves. The shots were 44-17 Edmonton. They win 5-2. So Brassois finishes the regular season, though, with a record of 4-1. Good for him. Yeah, he... There was a lot of talk at the trade deadline. Do the Oilers need to get a backup goalie? Should they get a backup goalie? And, you know, Peter Shrelly said, you know what, we like this kid. We like how hard he's worked in practice, how he's uh, continued to hone his game, even though he's not getting in a lot of games. And when the chances that he's gotten the opportunity to play, he's come in and played well. So good for him. Connor McDavid wins the Art Ross Trophy 100 points, 11 points clear of both Crosby and Kane. Crosby did play seven fewer games. Kane played all 82. Leon Dreisaitl finishes eighth in scoring with 77 points, and McDavid got at least a point in the last 14 games straight. Pretty impressive stuff. 780-496-0063. We'll welcome Tony to the show. Tony, thank you for calling. How are you guys tonight? Doing well. I got, a, I got a couple questions for you guys, and, you know, and both of you guys can answer if you want. First one, um, does McDavid automatically win the Art Trophy because of the fact that he's a leading scorer? Sorry, does he automatically win which one? The, the Art Ross. The, the Art Ross. Yes, it automatically goes to the guy with the most points. Okay, and the second one that I'm wondering, and I've been, wonder, and I've been concerned about this because I see that if, well, since the like the Oilers, I think will make it far. Like I believe they will. But are you guys are you guys afraid that someone might actually it maybe injure McDavid during the playoffs? No, I don't think anyone's afraid that someone's going to intentionally go out and injure him. I think that injuries are part of hockey, and anyone on either team that starts on Wednesday could get hurt. But nobody goes into a playoff series or goes into a, a game thinking that someone's going to get hurt. So. No, I have no fear that that that's going to happen, and you hope that the Oilers stay healthy throughout the playoffs because health is a huge, huge uh, factor when it comes to a two-month stretch where they go to, to try and win the Stanley Cup. Thanks, Tony. We appreciate it. We'll go straight to Pete at 780-496-0063. Hello, Pete. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Um, you kind of stole my thunder a little bit because I was wondering about the, the MVP vote. When do all the votes have to be in? I think they already did them, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay, so... I'm not, you know what? I don't vote, so I, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't even know. I don't know. Right. Would it be in or not? It would be soon. It'd be soon. It'd be soon. Uh, it, probably this uh, week at the latest. Yeah, I, I would hope it'd be, be before the playoffs starts. And I was going to ask if, if, if you have uh, points per game between Sid and Connor. Yes, I do. Let me go back. Rob always laughs because I have about 20 internet tabs you open. You do. I think uh, Connor, 1.22. Crosby, 1.19. So Connor's a little bit better. Pete, thanks for calling. 780-496-0063. We'll go to Darren on the line. Hey, Darren, good to hear from you. Good to hear from you. What's on your How are you gentlemen doing today? We're, we're doing great, buddy. Good. Rob and Reed have been a long-time Oiler fan uh, back since their WH days. Uh, I've been following the Oiler players around from uh, the Alberta side. Uh, it's nice to have the hometown hockey come to our towns and been following some of the players around, so it's good to see some of the older players uh, and keep in touch with them. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention was I wanted to congratulate the whole te uh, team as well as the coaches. Um, it's nice to see that we've got that uh, 
level of uh, leadership back. Uh, it's uh, from the players and the coaches. Uh, it's exciting hockey to watch again. Uh, it's great for the city. I was fortunate enough to uh, be uh, involved in the 1984 championship uh, and I was at the Chateau Combe, so the uh, party just basically exploded downtown. So uh, overall, I just wanted to thank yourselves for uh, the great show and I enjoy listening to you uh, all over the province of Alberta. But uh, thanks once again and for the Oilers, uh, let's go and we'll make it to round two and let's look after those flames next, right? Right on. Thanks, Darren. The Calgary Flames will play the Anaheim Ducks. Calgary has not won in, a, in Anaheim in their last 25 regular season. Odd say. Games. So I'd say they're going to win. Oh, I guess they would have lost a couple playoff games there a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Anaheim will be, I mean, look, Anaheim will be favored in that one. But like you were saying, Rob, it's, I mean, when you played, Sometimes you would have like a 35-point yes. difference between first yeah. in the division and fourth. You don't you don't get that. The matchups are Canadians, Rangers, Senators, Bruins, Capitals, Leafs, Penguins, Blue Jackets. We've known some of those for a while. Some mm -hmm. we just found out today. In the West, Chicago, Nashville, Minnesota, St. Louis, which will be interesting given the way those two teams finish the season. Yes. Anaheim, Calgary, and of course Edmonton, San Jose. So those are the eight playoff series. It is a set bracket now, so the winner of Edmonton-San Jose plays the winner of Anaheim-Calgary. There's no conference seating. No, it, it's interesting. You just mentioned the fact that Anaheim's probably favored over Calgary, but every team is so close. and it's, There's only, of all the, the series that are going on, the eight series, I only see one that has got a clear-cut, huge... Um, uh, one team huge is so favorite. much favored, and that would be Washington over Toronto. Other than that, you look at the other series, they all could go either way, and it'd be a tough one to, to, to pick because the teams are so close nowadays. There's so much parity around the National Hockey League, and, and the one that has a clear favorite in it, the Toronto Maple Leafs are kicking themselves right now because they don't have to be playing the Washington Capitals. They control their own fate. Had they won today against the Columbus Blue Jackets, they would have just had to drive down the highway to play against the Ottawa Centers, and nothing against Ottawa but they certainly aren't the Washington Capitals. So that, to me, is the only series that I would say that you can put the bet the house on. I think the the rest of the other seven series, it's going to be entertaining because the teams are so closely matched uh, throughout the National Hockey League. So the Oilers finish eighth overall. The Vancouver Canucks finish where the Oilers did last year, 29th. Here's their head coach, Willie Desjardins, for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Yeah, we didn't have our best. Uh, you know, they had, seemed to have a lot of speed tonight, back-to-backs. Uh, you know, are tough on some of our guys, I think. But, uh, um, yeah, it was, you know, I thought a pretty good first period, but I think we were great after that. You knew they'd be coming at you in waves. You knew they'd be fired up to get their captain 100 points. Uh, was it just almost too much to handle once they were able to get things going in the second on the scoreboard? He was hard to handle tonight. Like whenever he was on the ice, like they were, he was coming hard, and um, he's a good player. Like a, you know, like he he gave us lots of trouble. Um, you know, um, we we just you know we just weren't good enough tonight. What was going to finish off a frustrating year leading this team in scoring? I know everybody would have liked to have better results in the win column, but what do you think something like that can do for his confidence as he grows in this league with this club? 
Well, I think it should be good for him. Um, you know, it's, it's got to be a good feeling coming in from, when, you know, a couple of years ago where he started to, to where he is now leading the team in, in scoring. Um, you know, I think he's logging lots of minutes, power play, penalty killing, and, and against top teams. So, uh, he's, he, you know, he's moved into being a, 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 you know, a good player, a very good player at this level. And uh, uh, you got to give him a lot of credit. Like, he, he's worked hard for it. On your coach's challenge, did you know right away? Did you get help on it? Uh, we didn't know right away. Um, you know, you, we could see that guy we thought was still on the ice, and uh, uh, that's why we made the call. What do you think of that rule and how it's applied? Uh, that's a tough one. You know, like, it, 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 it's a hard rule because, you know, if you try to say, well, as if he's a foot offside, is that too much? Because you don't want to take away the, the close calls, really. Like, um, But then you just get into gray area. So it's it's a hard rule to to call. You, you know, you want it to... You want it to be fair, so, you know, it's it's a rule. Willie Desjardins, the coach of the Vancouver Canucks, they finished 30-43-9. And, and, yeah, the Oilers did have a goal called off tonight after an offside review, successfully challenged by the Vancouver Canucks. That kept it 2-1. Edmonton would score shortly after that to go up 3-1. The goal was 25 seconds after mm -hmm. the, the zone entry, but Vancouver never cleared it, so uh, they could still challenge we're not going to get into that rule tonight we you like that one enough tomorrow you really like that i one. don't like the challenge but no. I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time you're right I, no. I, I don't blame the coaches for no. challenging and i don't blame the linesmen for calling what they see on video even no. if it's by a millimeter they have, they have no choice the rules. they have no choice i, I don't like the, the rule itself but, okay well let's go away from the stupid nhl thing to a cool nhl thing that's going on brian bickle of the carolina hurricanes today now they announced his retirement he has ms He's leaving the game. Carolina's last game of the season. They go to a shootout. Last shooter, they put Brian, Brian Bickle in to shoot, and he scores. First ever shootout goal. There's a nice story. And the Philadelphia Flyers gave him glove taps as he skated by their bench. Seriously? Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. 780-496-0063. Oilers over the Canucks 5-2. They're going to play San Jose starting Wednesday. We have Darcy on the line. Darcy, thank you so much for calling. Boys, how's she going? Doing going well. well. Good, Rob. Nice on uh, alluding to Fickle uh, Dickle getting the shootout goal. That's pretty cool. That is, that's yeah, cool. That that's, awesome. uh, I mean, there's nice stories out in the National Hockey League right now, and that's one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just a quick comment. Uh, Rob, I know you've been alluding to uh, the Oilers swagger and whatnot over the last few weeks. And the thing that I noticed tonight is when McDavid got his 100th point, Drysaddle scored the goal. And he let McDavid go by the bench first to do the old fist pound with all the players there. Well, even before that, when Settle scored the goal, he was excited about the goal because it got McDavid the point. And you could see as soon as that puck went in, he immediately turned, big smile on his face, and went straight to McDavid because I got that point. We got that point. And, and they talked about it, and Todd McClellan talked about it. The guys wanted it for Connor McDavid probably more than Connor wanted it for himself. The teams that have success are usually teams that really like each other. And I think from what I've seen with this team, this team really likes each other. They've got a swagger. they got a confidence. And they really got a, an appreciation for what each other does out on the ice. And that goes a long way. 
It, it certainly does, and I think that's one of the other intangibles that the Oilers have going into the playoffs. And Drake Kajula dug the puck out of the net yep. right away to get it to Connor McDavid. The adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Three Oilers got the night off. Patrick Maroon, so he doesn't get to play 82 games. He plays 81. Mark Letestu also didn't play. They both uh, got a little banged up. Nothing mm -hmm. serious last nope. night in Vancouver, but uh, give them the rest. And uh, Darnell Nurse also got uh, got a break, so Griba came in and played. Yeah, uh, the, the Oilers, if you, if you got bumps and bruises and you have an opportunity because of where you sit in the standings to give those guys a rest, because anybody that has been in a playoff run or have seen a playoff run or been part of one, it is a long, hard grind. Get the rest when you can. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll welcome Colin to overtime open line. Hello, Colin. Hey guys, uh, great game. Uh, the crowd noise at the end was that was just something else. Like they're always talking about that building, but wow, the the sound when you're in there must be amazing. Uh, yeah. Sorry, were you here tonight, Colin, or just watching on the two? No, tube? no. I'm uh, no. I. I'm driving along in my truck. I just get to listen to it. So awesome. thankfully, you guys you guys do it the way you're supposed to, and, and uh, it's a, a long-standing tradition. It's worth listening to it. Uh, there's a lot of guys that aren't as good to listen to, but anyway, uh, this whole thing about you know how the guys like each other and they're happy for each other. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was, somebody was talking about Ovechkin. And they were saying about how if you could get him to buy into the team that everybody would gain, he'd get more points and the team would get more points because nobody would be selfish. Nobody would be oh, like, I'm not going to pass to him because he's, you know, he doesn't pass to me. Like, guys don't think that way, but it's always kind of at the back of your mind. And you can just see McDavid doesn't care. He reads the play four different ways and decides where that puck's going to go. And he does it very well, and he does it very fast. And he's got a bunch of guys around him now that know he runs that way, and they just do their damnedest to be in position. Even guys that people would say things like, well, he's not a fast skater. Well, it seems like you've got a lot of these the big defensemen are getting themselves to where they need to be, and they're getting the bonus out of it by scoring. And... I like to see the guys that can lay down the law as defensemen. I like to see them get on the score sheet because it's like, yeah, he's not a goon. He has basically what you would call a complete game. He can score, he can defend, and he can stand up for for uh, either his captain or his forwards, whoever else. And judging by what McDavid did, which maybe is sending a message before we go into the playoffs, when he had that one hit a couple of games back, I saw that and I said, yeah, he's got some confidence now. After that injury he had, I think maybe he was kind of watching himself a bit for a while. But now he, he's, he's realized he, he doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be timid. He doesn't have to be careful. He can just he can go in with anybody else. Yeah, Colin, thanks for the call. Well, I mean, McDavid is an all-around player. You covered a lot of ground there. And... The, the one thing that it, people have said about McDavid and we have seen this year is that, A, he, he tries to include everybody. Yep. He, he makes sure everybody feels involved. Uh, 
Uh, you know, he makes sure everybody feels important, and, and that's why he's the captain. And in terms of that, that buying in, I mean, McClellan has said that, players have said that about McDavid both on and off the record, that, you know, he, I think it was Matt Hendricks had that really good clip about a month ago, Rob, saying, you know, McDavid, he's the first one to follow the coach's instructions, mm-hmm. to try to do the drill properly, to try to improve on on defense and all those little things. And I, and I think that's rubbed off positively on the rest of the team for sure. 780-496-0063. We're going to welcome Cam to the show. Hey, Cam, you must be happy tonight. Yeah, I'm happy. I kind of went into a little bit of a holding pattern in the last couple of days because you, really, you don't really remember how to handle uh, when the team's head to the playoffs, right? So, But it's been good. No, it's exciting. I was gonna, I've got a feel-good story, too, about one of the players on the Oilers um, that caught a break quite a few years ago, if I, if I can tell it. There was a coach by the name of Dale Purinton, who I'm sure you guys know real well, who was coaching out in the Cowichan Valley in the BCHL. And there was a young player by the name of Laurent Boissot from Port Alberni, British Columbia, who made the team. And there was another really good goaltender that came available. I think Boissot was 16. And there was another goaltender that came available um, mid-season. And because uh, I'm from out here, I watch, I watch the BCHL pretty extensively. And when that player was made available... Um, and we're talking this kid was a stud, and the team was struggling a bit, and Boussaw had about an 8.20 save percentage or something at that time because he was young. And Purinton dug in his heels and said, we made a commitment to this kid, and his minor league minor hockey team has already picked their goaltender for the year. We made a commitment to him for the year, and we're going to stick with him. And they stuck with him, and, and Boussaw came around and ended up having, I think, like a... 11 and 7 record and a 9 10 save percentage or something, end up being a very good goaltender. Mm-hmm. But just the integrity that a guy like Dale Parenton, who played the game himself, showed to honor the commitment to this kid. What would have happened to this kid's career if he would have been out of hockey for a year? So there's always that one person that makes a stand for a player. And I thought, you know, in, in light of that real good story um, coming out tonight about the you know the first goal in the in the shootout on the last night of the of his career i thought it would also be a nice time to honor and respect the fact that all the coaches out there that have you know dug in for kids that weren't popular or the board of directors the general manager was breathing down their neck and Pierrington did that for for Bassaw and he's a pro now today so i thought i would just share that and kind of a nice kind of final story heading into the playoffs here so yeah that's cool for sure thanks cam it's always great to hear from you well, I mean, a lot of the guys who aren't uh, high draft picks or obvious guys to make the NHL ha- have that guy. Um, and sometimes it's your current GM. I mean, I think Zach Cassian and Patrick Maroon, that guy might be Peter Shirelli, uh, you know, who said, all right, uh, I mean, especially Cassian. I mean, he was, he was not in a good place in life, and obviously because of that, uh, it affected his hockey career. But he's contributing to the Oilers. I mean, Mark Letestu is... Uh, given a lot of credit to Todd Richards when Richards was coaching mm-hmm. him and the minors about things you needed to do to to, to be a pro and, and separate yourself as, as a AHLer to become a depth NHLer. So, uh, and Rob, I think that special person for you 
I'm just waiting for you to fill in the blank. I oh. really don't know. <laughs> oh, no. Ken Hitchcock. <laughs> Hitch was Hitch was my guy. Hitch was the guy that always believed in me, and when things were going sad, that I would be able to talk to Hitch, and he helped my career. Did he time. yell at you a lot, though? Yeah, so did everyone yells at me sometime. <laughs> my, my father was my main guy, but Hitch, when it comes to hockey people, he was the guy. But the one thing, the, it was a couple callers ago that, that we talked about the unselfishness of Connor McDavid. I, without a doubt in my mind, Connor McDavid easily could have had 15 to 20 points more this year if he wasn't trying to make his teammates better, if he wasn't trying to include them. He's such an unselfish hockey player that it probably cost him 15 to 20 points. Yeah, that's the type of player he is, and that's why he's the leader that he is, and that's why his team is following him, because he doesn't put personal stats at the top of his list of things that he wants to succeed with. It's team first. And... You see it around the league, the the best players who realize that it's team first. They're the teams that have championships. And, and to me, the biggest examples are the Pavel Datsuks, who always gave up 15, 20, 25 points a year to become a better two-way hockey player so that the rest of his team could follow. Connor McDavid is along the same stature as, as a Pavel, as a guy that wants team first and any type of accolades that come personally, that'll be included in the team that we, that they win as a team. The Oilers win 5-2 over Vancouver. They have won nine straight home games. That is a franchise record. They'll start the playoffs here against San Jose on Wednesday. Get the full schedule on 630Ched.com. We'll go back to the phone lines in a second. I want to bring in a young man who has more assists in the last four games, seven, than he had penalty minutes all season, six. Here's Oscar Clefbaum. It's going to happen because he comes with so much speed. So you never, it's very, for me as a defenseman, it's very tough to play against when, when, Someone in the league has that next level of speed. You really don't, it's hard to play that. I mean, three on two, very easy to get two on one or even he comes and get a break, a break away from it. So, I mean, he has so much speed and it's, it's very tough to play against. You, you played in San Jose a bunch of games. Is there anything to the fact that all your coaching staff used to coach San Jose so you can use that as a bit of an advantage or not? I think it's an advantage for sure. I they mean, play. They, know, yeah. they know Joe, they know Pavelski, they know... Yeah, Jones. oh yeah, they, absolutely. They, they know their key players. I think we've seen more clips on San Jose than our, our game, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, we know how they play. I mean, we're well, well, uh, well prepared for, for San Jose, for sure. Obviously, when they come there, and it's their system, so... But like you said, they have a lot of good guys that's, that can, uh, can put out some points, so we got to be ready. How big was it to kind of beat them a couple of times before? Yeah. It was very big. Uh, I mean, obviously, they're, they're a really good team, and they have, like I said earlier, they have those guys that can, can be a game changer. So, I mean, it was very nice to, especially the last game, coming back in the third, I mean, that shows the strength of this team, I think. Uh, Oscar, nine wins in a row here at home. Uh, you guys feel good about your game, feel good playing here. What do you expect Wednesday night? Nothing else. I mean, it's gonna just gonna be very, very fun to go out there and play some playoff hockey. Uh, like I said earlier here, it's it's uh, it's new for most of the guys in here, so we gotta come together as a group and and be ready because it's gonna it's gonna be tough. I mean, playoffs is um, is different from playing these last couple of games when you clinched and and 
you know, almost play these games off. Obviously, we went for the home ice advantage, but it's going to be a whole different level. So we got to be ready for it. You get a sense that some of these games... Read that saucer, Kloppon. Brendan Ulrich work in the Oilers' dressing room tonight. It is 11.30. The Oilers beat Vancouver 5-2. Jordan Eberle with his second career hat trick. Connor McDavid, two points, finishes with 100. He wins the Art Ross Trophy. Joe and, La Joe and Les up next on the phones. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And the Canucks gain possession in their own end. Chipped up and a huge hit by Eric Ryba, but down the left-hand side, Sutter wrist shot and a blocker save made. And now we've got a fight as Hutton and Ryba will trade punches. Ryba went to BU, Hutton to the University of Maine. So they already don't like one another from Hockey East. And they're trading right hands. A chopping right by Griba. Right to the body. Now he's got him strung out. Clipped him with a right to the ear. Griba has Hutton in some trouble. And the linesman will pry the two apart. Good fight. Give Hutton credit. He stepped up for his teammate. Griba with a massive hit. Jack Michaels with the call. Griba hit Shapu. Hutton came in for the fight. That was about halfway through the first period. The Oilers would go on to win the game 5-2 over Vancouver. Eberle, a hat-trick. Dreisaitl and Kajula almost scored. McDavid gets two assists. He finishes the year as the league's leading scorer with exactly 100 points. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 1136. 780-496-0063 is the phone number, and we have Joe on the line. Hey, Joe, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, thanks for having me on. I just, uh, I, a couple things. Um, it's something you said, Rob, that uh, I, I, I'm kind of suspicious of uh, talking about Connor and kind of sacrificing points to be two-way players. I'm sure I'm not the only guy that has yelled at the TV or been in a game yelling at Connor McDavid, kind of wondering why the heck he didn't shoot. Because um, he, he definitely does defer, and you can see he just wants everyone else to succeed. I suspect we're going to see a different game played by Connor McDavid in the playoffs when it counts. That I, I, I sure hope that he gets a little bit more selfish because I really think he can uh, probably decide some games for us if it, as if he hasn't already. But uh, I'm really interested to see what this what this kid turns into in the long run and, and see how he plays, you know, in the in the really really important games. So be interesting to see. Um, the, the 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 main question that I have for you though, Rob, uh, having played the NHL and been in a you know in, in that kind of a setting in a in a locker room, uh, I, I'm not in the Oilers locker room, um, and I know unless you're there, you, you probably don't see the dynamic. Uh, but just the contrast that you see in in the um, just the way the players carry themselves and interact with each other on the ice, and uh, it's it definitely a different feel. Um, you think back to the, the uh, to me, the darkest times of the franchise in the recent history was kind of those Aikens years, and no one sticking up, uh, up for the next person. It, it just it seemed toxic. I can't confirm that it was or wasn't, but I was just looking for you to maybe comment on. Um, you know, have you been on teams where the locker room has been a little bit more healthy or toxic, and and what role that that plays in success on the team overall, in your opinion? Yeah, I, I've been in both. Both I've been in dressing rooms that are, were fantastic, where where someone says, "All right, let's go for lunch," and 22 guys go for lunch. And I've been in teams where there's clicks, and I've been 
you know, where there's four or five guys here and then there's six, seven guys over there and they're talking behind each other's backs or I'm not happy with the ice time. He's coach likes him better and I can't believe the, what he does. And, and, it, and it comes out on the ice. And I think for me sitting in the press box watching games now, you look at the body language of players. You look at the body language when someone scores. Look at the bench, see how the players react to it. When someone gets hit, see the reaction from the players and who's on the ice. When somebody, you know, the one I noticed, and I talked about when I was doing the games before, when Alex Hemsky was the star here, and all of a sudden the young kids came in, Nuge, Eberly, and Taylor Hall, and all of a sudden Hemsky wasn't the guy that was out on the five-on-three, wasn't the power play guy. And I would look down as soon as, okay, oh, Hemsky, this is usually where he comes out. Oh, wait a sec, he's not coming out now. And you watch the body language on the bench. And it wasn't always a good body language. And it, and you, you watch it now, these players are just as excited for if someone else scores, they do themselves. And you saw that when Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid has had so much success and so, much, so many accolades given to him that you wouldn't think, okay, he just got an assist for 100 points, which he's probably going to do 15 more times, that the players would be that excited for him. But they were. And, you know, you got dry settle going straight to him, like, oh, my God, you just got your 100th point. Kajula diving into the net to get the puck. Everyone on the bench is excited for him. And that's just the type of team this is. And it goes a long ways. When you will bleed for your buddy, it goes a long ways instead of if you got a jealousy towards someone else. And I like what I see with this team. And I think it starts with the fact that Peter Shirelli brought in players that he felt were the right kind of leaders. And he had a young guy that he was going to make a captain, and he wanted to surround him with the right kind of leaders. And they're following a 20-year-old kid. And think about it. you got 27, 28, 30, 30-some-year-old 30 men following a 19, 20-year-old kid and believing in him. It shows you the type of players that they have on this team. You know, I remember interviewing Buck Martinez a couple of years ago when the Blue Jays started that big run in the second half of the season when they made the, got back in the playoffs the first time. So I guess it was 2015. And he said, you know, what comes first, the winning or the confidence? It could be different depending on the team. Um, you know, winning teams are always going to look confident. Some teams will say, well, we already had it. We just weren't winning. Other teams will say, well, once we started winning, we started believing. But I do think, and I've said this before, Rob, I, I do think Peter Shirelli, I mean, they're ultimately they're employees, right? They, the, the players, like, work as Edmonton Oilers. And if you look at it that way, Peter Shirelli was trying to think I fi to find the best employees who also happen to be pretty good hockey players. You know, I, and I really think he, he did and has and will continue to look into, you know, their histories, their competitive nature, how they've dealt with things in the past. He certainly, both on and off the ice, has brought in people he's comfortable with. Milan Lucic, mm -hmm. Keith Gretzky, you know, as the assistant general manager. And, and I think that was a big part of it as well. And I, I let's, we'll just, we, don't, I, I, we won't go through all 20 guys that played tonight, but, you know, Cam Talbot's a, a perfect example. I, I, I don't think that Shirelli just said to himself, oh, well, he played pretty good for, when he filled in for Henrik Lundqvist, so I'll just trade for him. I mean, it's his job to investigate the guy, to, for lack of a better word, to talk to even his college coach or a high school team. I mean, they, they, they dig on, on these people. And I'm not saying that specifically for Cam, but, I mean, you have to look into a guy's history. And now that Cam's been here for two full seasons, every player I've talked to said this guy, about Cam, he will not, he will not be out-practiced 
by the goalie on the other end. He will not be out-prepared mm-hmm. by the goalie on the other end. And I mean, you know, he plays against guys that were high draft picks or have been in the NHL, and but, you know, Talbot has that... I don't know if he, th- but I, I look at Talbot and I, I think to myself, there's a guy who can stare down the other end of the ice and say, you know, maybe you're a better athlete than me or, or were considered a better athlete than me. I bet you didn't practice as hard as I did this week. Well, I, I think if you're ever going to draft a player, trade for a player, um, sign a player, uh, you you have to look at the person before you look at the skill set. And if that person has the right kind of attitude, well, now let's look at the skill set and see if that skill set's something we need. If you look at the attitude first and it's not a good attitude, and players around the league know which players have good attitudes and which players don't, it's very easy to find out about it. If he doesn't have the right attitude, let's not even look at the skill set because this is not what we want in our dressing room. And if anyone wants to see what, how to build a championship team, the Yukon Huskies female basketball coach, which won five championships in a row, won 100-some games Darnell in a row. Nurse's Darnell on the team. Kia Nurse, I think her name is, yep. yes. He did a thing, and it was after a, a, one of the games, and he talked about body language. It's all about body oh, language. Oh, that video. Yeah, that, that was video, good. It's yeah. unbelievable. It goes, we, if someone goes out there and they're not, they come back with a sag or, or they're not happy with being pulled off and they have bad body language, they don't play. They don't play. If they could be the best player on the team, they're not going to play. You do not show up your teammates. You do not cop an attitude. He said too many kids nowadays have an attitude. They, they see things on TV. They want to be cool. So they have an attitude. You don't play at UConn if you come here with an attitude and poor body language. And this is a guy that's won five national championships in a row, and they won 100 and some games in a row. And that's what you got to look for when you're looking for a player. Because th- whatever you bring into your dressing room, it infects the dressing room. So if you bring in someone that's a positive, great guy that everyone wants to be around, he, inf- he infects everyone else. But if you bring a guy into the dressing room that's got a negative attitude, that is a selfish player, it's like a cancer that you're bringing into the dressing room and it festers and it starts attacking other players and all of a sudden you lose your dressing room. You must pay attention to the players you bring in and I believe Peter Shirelli did that as you look at the type of players he brought in and the type of dressing room they have now. Now, having said that, they do have better hockey players than they've had in a long time as well. It does, well, I mean, hurt, but it, it I mean, does but, help. But they, I know what you mean. They go hand in hand. And I, and I totally agree the mental part of it is 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 important. And, and again, I mean, that, that kind of ties into what Martinez said. Does a guy become an elite athlete in whatever sport because he's incredibly talented, or does he become incredibly talented because he pushed himself and took care of all the details in his or her life well, to get it, there, right? It's a bit but of both. I, that, that, that's the fascinating thing, right? It's a bit right? of both. Is that, and it's, and, and you, it's not the same percentage for, for everybody. No, every, you know, it's everybody could work hard and have the best atti- attitude and the best confidence. They're still not going to get to where they want to be because they don't have the talent. you got to have talent to be able to, have, uh, to be a superstar. You, you, you've, some kids are just born with it. Oilers win 5-2 tonight. Les is on the phone line. Les, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, Les. I'd just, like, just like to say thanks for taking the call. I'm just on my way back up to Peace River. We just came down to the game, one heck of a game. And I just wanted to say that I just want to hear your guys' thoughts on maybe Talbot for getting recognition for the Vesna and maybe Todd McClellan for the Jack Adams. And yeah, I just wanted to hear you guys' thoughts on those two. And possibly Sorelli for the the owner for, oh. for GM of the year, yeah. Yeah, throw, yeah, throw yeah. Connor in for the heart, and I agree with all four of those. I believe that 
Peter Shirelli has got to be in for for GM of the year. I don't even know. What the, honestly, I don't know the name of that award. I think they do. I think they just call it executive of the okay, year. Okay, so he certainly for what he's done with his franchise. How many players was it? Thirteen. Yeah, we counted that one night. It was thirteen people he had brought in. In, in and less I wasn't counting McDavid, right? I was counting yes. only trades and free agent signings. So thirteen out of twenty in less than two years. It's just called general manager. Okay, of the year. so he's obviously. Todd McClellan, they had a 30-some point increase in points in the standings. And it wasn't they had a, a just a bad year, an aberration last year. It was a decade of bad. And they had a 30-some point increase this year in the standings. Todd McClellan certainly should be in the running. Uh, Connor McDavid is in the running and should win it. Connor McDavid should win the Hart Trophy. And I believe uh, at one point... Uh, Cam Talbot was probably, he's a fringe guy. Is he going to be fourth, third? fifth, sixth? Fourth, but Devin Dubnik, and I love Devin Dubnik as a player and as a person, he really struggled down the end with the Minnesota Wild. They were not as good a team, and a lot of it was on the back of Devin. Now, I'm sure he'll bounce back and have a good playoffs, but Cam Talbot down the, the stretch was fantastic. And what he did this year, Cam Talbot, to me, is certainly in the running. I think Bobrovsky has got the inside track yep. because he is in all the categories, wins, goals against, save percentage. He's at the top in all those. But Cam Talbot, to me, is in your top three as well. I think we we should have four. Well, maybe I shouldn't say should. I think it's very possible the Oilers have four finalists, the, the categories we've talked about, yep. Hart, Jack Adams, GM of the Year, and Vesna. Yeah, I agree. Is Oscar Clefbaum a Lady uh -huh. Bing finalist? I, I, I mean, he, how many points did he finish with? He almost, 37, he, is it? So he had almost half a point per game. Sorry, no, he got up to 38. 38 points. Played all 82 games. He had three minor penalties. It's unbelievable. And he doesn't play Soft. a void contact. No, I mean, he's no. not a bruiser, but he, you know. For a defenseman, I, I mean, more, most of the times it's a guy with about 10 to 12 or 14 penalty minutes. Jordan Eberle was up for it a few years ago. Yeah, and I think he had, did he have 14? Something along that line. So check here. You, you have to look around the league to see what players, because they always look, first they look at the top players, what their stats are, and then they look to the penalty minutes. Um, a player like Oscar Clefbaum would normally get overlooked in something like this, unless there's a, a push forward by by someone. Someone say, hey, have you seen that Clefbaum in Edmonton? Really had he had so, he was nominated. So I, I don't think he'll be in the running, but it's absolutely amazing to be able to go through the season and play the position that he plays and only get six penalty minutes. 780-496-0063. Oilers win 5-2 over Vancouver. Series against the Sharks starts on Wednesday. We have Jim on the line. Hi, Jim. Hello. I'm calling uh, from Whitehorse. I just wanted to make a comment on the offside call. When Jordan Eberle stepped off the ice, the zone was cleared. Would that not negate any offside? Because as soon as he got off the ice... There was no oiler in the zone. Then the two fellows came in. Yeah, Jim, Jim, what they ruled was was that Eberle's skate was still barely touching the ice when the puck was shot in, when it crossed the blue line entirely. That's what they right. ruled. Yeah. That, that's true. He, he may have been. That was a close call. But then he got off the ice before any oiler entered yeah, but, the zone. But it, that, so that, wouldn't it then be cleared? No, no, no. Because when the puck entered the zone, Everly's toe of his skate was on the ice. So that means Everly is the man that is on the ice. His foot is inside the, the blue line. It's offside. It's a, it's, it's a dumb call, but it is the right call. Yeah. 
No, it's a good. That's a good question. Yep. Actually, we we were we kind of joked that we didn't want to talk about it, but I don't know if we ever actually well, explained it. Well, it's funny. So. J- Jason Stradwick, he sat up here with me for throughout the game, and he said to me during that, when the linesmen were looking at things, he goes, at some point during the playoffs, a very very important goal is going to be called back because of that dumb rule. Yep. And he's probably right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And, and again, I don't blame. Because I know earlier in the season, someone was like, well, Reed, you're really mad about it because it cost the Oilers a goal. No, I, I don't like the rule. I mean, I think, I, but if I'm a coach, absolutely, I'm challenging it. You know, like pick mm-hmm. pick, uh, pick a sp- I mean, now in football, you can ch- especially the CFL, you can challenge a whole bunch of stuff. If I think it's going to help my team, I'm, I'm challenging it. Mm-hmm. I just don't think for these minuscule, I agree. you know, mm-hmm. margins that, that, it should be, that it should be called back. But... They're allowed to challenge, and once the linesmen see, it's not the linesman's job to say, "Okay, call offside," but only if it's a foot off. I mean, mm-hmm. then you might as well just move the blue line if you're going to do that. So, anyway, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll bring our old buddy Rocket onto the show. Hello, Rocket. Hey guys, how you doing? Doing well. You know, I, I want to talk about that offside call. I was going to talk about something else, but I really think this is uh, kind of important moving forward because, you know. I agree with the last caller. It shouldn't be offside. And the reason I think it shouldn't be offside is because everybody, the zone was cleared. It's like, it's like if it's like a delayed offside. Right. But, but so, uh, they so never... if you want to resolve it, then what you do is in lacrosse, there's a box, especially when it's inside the blue line. And once you're in that box, it's a two foot box and it runs from one box from one end of the box to the other end. And once you're inside that box, you're clear. You're free and clear. But I don't think they're trying to resolve it, though. I don't think the NHL is trying to resolve it. So they're just saying, well, he wasn't off the... Because in reality, the oiler that was on the ice already for Jordan Everly probably wasn't supposed to be out there already. Because Jordan wasn't off. Well, the you're ice. allowed some leeway. That that's a funny. That that is the odd thing about that rule is Everly was not participating in the no, play. He was he was technically declared off because right. his guy was already on the ice. Right, and his guy was on side. But so therefore, but so and that but that's the thing. As much as there's a too many men penalty, there they do allow leeway in line changes do. where you have six players on the ice. So so that's what's so silly about it. He was he was actually declared off the ice even though he was the guy that was offside. Yeah, it's. I, I understand why fans are frustrated. We are too, and we're just trying to explain it to you. And by the way, uh, if people remember that Nashville play, I spoke to Todd McClellan when they got back from the road trip. He got the exact same explanation that you and I gave. Yep. That because he was jumping and both feet were over the line, then they pretend both feet are on the ice. And because one was over top of the blue line, it was onside. It is not a great – it's not – Offside's a good rule, but reviewing things down to a fraction of a second. And I got to say, I mean, you know, how much did Las Vegas pay to come in the league? Half a billion dollars? More than that, wasn't it? Can they not get actual TVs for the linesmen to watch? (laughs) Even 27-inch. Even a 27-inch. They got the mini iPads. Something bigger than an iPad. I think it's a mini iPad. It looks small. And think about we're watching on big screens up here. And you and I are both looking at each other, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's offside, but it's really hard to tell. And we got a big screen up here. He's looking, and on that little teeny mini iPad down by the penalty box, trying to tell if that skate was touching the ice as the puck went across. Uh, I, I, I'm shocked that they didn't, in the, the meetings, 
throw that rule out before the playoffs started because some team is going to get bit uh, in the playoffs because they, of they it. rarely change stuff mid-season because they don't want to admit they're wrong yeah. but they're All right. wrong all right, thanks to everybody who called in tonight. Always fun to talk to you. The Oilers win 5-2. You can get more on 630Ched.com, including the full Oilers first-round schedule. I can tell you the first two games against the Sharks here at Rogers Place, 8 p.m. face-off on Wednesday, 8.30 p.m. face-off on Friday. We'll have the face-off show on Wednesday starting at 6 o'clock. Of course, Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. I want to say thanks to Brandon Graziano, our studio producer this evening, the engineer here at Rogers Place, Troy Bowler. McDavid, 100 points, is the Art Ross winner. The Oilers set a team record, nine straight home wins. Jordan Eberle gets his second career hat trick 5-2, the Oilers take down the Canucks. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perandis Team Broadcast Center. Playoffs are next. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.